0: Brap antonians and welcome to brap talk this is a weekly podcast where we discuss the happenings of the motorcycle industry I am your host Jensen Beeler of asphalt and rubber and joining me on this two-wheeled adventure the two guns to my Gonzalez Mr
1: Shaheen pew, pew, pew. what could I do yeah two guns.
2: <laughs> that'll make sense later don't it'll worry. make sense it'll way wait, way later way later listen for all those to you, for those of you listen all the way through
1: listen all the way to the end of the show it'll make more <laughs> sense later
0: how are you sir good to see you sir how hi good day been? to
1: it's you sir so good to see you you've been out gallivanting and enjoying riding
2: motorcycles and Racking having a personal life fly-em-ride those frequent flyer miles doing you, you're just starting to add up to frequent it's been a while since you've had some frequent flyer miles so you're starting to rack them up
0: yeah i don't I like know it. yeah I'm, I'm definitely not going to keep my status on delta which is like everyone's problem that travels a lot but uh i'm trying i'm trying I feel
2: to like delta that. should give everybody a little couple of bonuses for traveling now even though you're they did, still actually. technically in a pandemic
0: they did just change the thing so we we get a little bit more credit and and to their credit uh last year they just took everyone's 2019 status and just rolled it into 2020 nice so yeah right. i wouldn't say they're not doing their part but it's for me my travel is mostly international at least mm-hmm. the travel that gets me the status right that's obviously not happening so it's hard for me to to keep the keep the perks the internationals are coming to you no one's really going anywhere well nobody's really going anywhere so we'll see i, I think the vaccination will change that are but, you
1: all caught up in your vaccination
0: no i still got one more to do me too I, I had to schedule mine around the race and press launch. That's schedule. right, we talked about this. Yeah,
2: so uh, uh,
0: May tenth for me. I'll get, I'll get the second.
2: I'll be, I'll be five days ahead of you. Monday the fifth.
0: Look at you, t Man, and, and I are going to go again.
2: t Man and I going to wait. Is it the fifth or the third? I don't even know. It's a Monday. It's a Mama Bee's birthday is on
0: the fourth.
2: Ooh, yeah, nice. Just FYIs. Very nice. Anybody uh wants to send Mama Bee any birthdays? What's her favorite flower? Uh, she likes tulips tulips yeah nice yeah um it's been busy it's been busy I was, so funny story about today i the shop closes at six o'clock so usually i'll maybe have a meeting or two right after the, the shops closed have a couple of words of wisdom between my employees and i more often than not coming from them today one of the coworkers said to me hey man i'll see you later have a good night and i said where are you going and he said uh home i said why because it's six o'clock and i was like what i thought it was four o'clock at six o'clock my days have been flying so much i have lost track of time at this point
0: mama b has the same problem but it's because she refuses to change her clocks for daylight savings uh,
2: no i i have this phone that i'm on on all day long but apparently i didn't bother looking at the time on it hmm. so <laughs> i like rushed out of the shop to get over here because i was like because you sent me a text you're like hey the front door's open i'm like cool your jets dude it's like a t- couple hours left and it wasn't. No, it was like six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you. It's good to see you.
0: I have a surprise for you.
2: I, You know, you've been telling me this for 48 hours now, and I'm going bananas. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Are this we going to hear about it now, finally? Finally. Jesus wept. Y'all, you have no idea. I am not a patient person, and I don't like being told there's a surprise because now I'm just like antsy all day long.
0: Yeah. Well, I had to do a little surprise because I didn't want to like, what's the technical term? Docs. whoever this person is okay but i got to the airport today or not today uh whatever day it was what day did i fly oh my god can't remember
2: see everything's just kind of tuesday did i fly tuesday sure i'm gonna fly fly on tuesday you flew on a day it was a day Um, in 2021
0: i flew so i flew tuesday down to uh laguna seca Mm -hmm. to do the rsb4 press launch right and then came back today. We record on Thursdays. Uh, for those of you, you don't know, behind the scenes, Thursday nights when the Thursday magic happens. Thursday night is the night. It's our date night. Getting crazy. Do yeah, you bring? You. Did you bring me any any any, any 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 treats? I am the treat, dude. So, anyways, I load up the Africa Twin. I got my bags on it, as I do. Right. It's great for it. Get into the uh, PDX parking lot. Free parking. Totally slammed. Like everyone everyone's on their bikes flying somewhere. No shit. One parking spot left. Don't even think twice about it. I, I actually overshot it and had to and I had to you know walk the bike back and get into it. Right. And I noticed and it's like, "Oh, it's a uh, it's a Moto Guzzi V85 TT." Do not open this thing that you sent me? Yeah, you should open that puppy up. Hold on one second. Didn't really think much about it, but I'm like, "Oh, you don't really see those in real life." Right? Oh, you, you know, know. it's pretty rare. And I and I look at it and then I notice something Shaheen and I just sent it to you. Look at all these stickers i like his stickers he's got a safety third and a braptok sticker. sticker yeah oh that's a local
2: yeah we got a local listener with all their stickers on i like it i told you i always want to see where the stickers go oh i like this a lot he's got a vespa sticker on there too this is somebody that really digs piaggio they're in the piaggio group. they're definitely in the piaggio scene i think i know whose bike this is do you i think i do
0: oh okay well, we were we were parking buddies. Very cool this week.
2: <laughs> I like it. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to like just
0: nonchalantly, unexpectedly, <laughs> like just show up. And I'm and I'm kind of running late at the airport, and and I see it. I'm like, look at that, because it's kind of cool when you see it in the wild. That's amazing. Um, and I saw another one at the press launch because Abby from uh, Bike Curious, he's got one on his gear. Does he? So I was like, oh hey, that's like twice in uh, twice in a day. That's a newer sticker. That's it is the a newer sticker. sticker. It's slightly purple, right?
2: <laughs> it's, the, it's the limited edition. Super limited. Once these run out, they're out. They're done. The royalty edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: so, yeah, that was pretty cool.
2: I'm, um, I'm I sent one as far as Norway this round. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm super excited. What was the postage on that?
0: Like 18, 18 kroner? That's You know, it's like... Which is like three bucks. That's not too it's bad. It's like
2: four... Uh, we probably lost money on that. deal though yeah. I probably did, but that's okay. It's going, it's going, it's going to a good cause. <laughs> that's amazing. I like seeing our stickers in the wild. I think that's like that's
0: the first non industry, non person I know sighting, right? Like unsolicited sighting. Right. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna do like one more, like, like there uh, you are, minding your own
2: business and boom,
0: not at a motorcycle event type right. of thing, airport, just at the airport whatever's that's
2: pretty cool well if i was there i'd figure out a way to write a note on there's right on there i like you cut g yeah i thought about it i was really in a
0: rush but i didn't want to i didn't want to tell you at the time because i knew like you were gonna you were gonna want to like put it on
2: social medias and oh, all that
0: yeah. i didn't want like someone to be like like you just got outed that you're not at your house right now
2: i mean there's there's a lot of cool stuff going on here because it's first of all look at your honda africa twin with you <laughs> Just your huge of, OGO bag sponging on top of it. If anyone that listens to us knows what those giant OGO like gear bags look like, there's one strapped side this side. it is as wide as long as the Africa Twin is wide, the wide with all its bags width.
0: on it. It's the perfect width across the the panniers. This thing's essentially a second passenger. You, I 100 percent believe we could fit Brappy little stepsister in there. <laughs> we
2: definitely could. Oh yeah. she's, she's too small for this. Yeah. that's amazing which if she loses this weekend
0: is probably what her penalty oh man
2: she's she's stressing about this rain a lot of people are it's been perfect weather for the last two weeks like sunny to the point where multnomah county put a fire ban yeah in in this area because it's fucking dry and shit as we learned last year just burns um so and then suddenly like if you look at the weather starting tomorrow night friday night it's supposed to just be like downpour deluge deluge yeah I, i saw that we were
0: having the weather. I'm like, you know what? I know it's just gonna. We're gonna have these like three weeks of perfect weather, and then it's just, of course, it's gonna rain on our on our race weekend. Sure enough, yeah, I just jinxed it.
2: I think tomorrow we're gonna see a CBR 1000RRRR at the track. Yeah, our oh, friend cool. Sean got one. Okay. Do so you, you, t- you get a map on it? You gotta get a map. I got. Go got
0: avoid that warranty as soon as you can. I got. Oh, I'm dying to see this thing in person. It's beautiful. It looks it. It's a
2: great bike. He, oh, uh, yeah. So I love, I love that bike. He'll be coming to our track days, too, the Motorcourse to Track Day. So I was like, oh, cool. I am excited to see this thing in person. And he even knows that we call it the RRRR. he's like, yeah, I got the RRRR. R- r- r. Did you get the RRR r- r- recall? <laughs> he did. <laughs> no, he's changed the cush drive and everything already. So he's got the cover and all that shit on there. I think that's what it's for.
0: The recall? Yeah. No, the recall's for, um,
2: I pulled up your, I pulled up your, Article and put it in front of him. He's like, "No, nah, I'm good." It's not
0: the cush drive. It's the hardware that mounts the rear seat, the pillion seat. It's like upside down. It's like whatever.
2: I don't think he has a pillion seat on. Yeah, his. it's a race bike, man. Yeah, whatever. Uh, that's cool. Th- our, 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 our race edition.
0: I would like to see one of those uncorked. That's the. That was one of the things actually we were talking about at the RSV4 press launch. Was just like the brands that just didn't get didn't spend the time getting euro five right right honda being one of them <laughs> bmw being the big one oh boy um suzuki is in there but suzuki's having that issues with euro four homologation um and it's disappointing because you get those you get those bikes in their stock form and they're not their full potential and just kind of like meh man, we'll get to it we'll get into it uh rainy waste race weekend not looking forward to that and the more I watch the weather, the more it looks like Saturday looks like it's going to be
2: kind of rainy. Saturday, it shows according to. So I use several different weather apps before when I go motorcycle riding, but Dark Sky has always been I like my dark most. Sky. Yeah. So Dark Sky insists that Saturday is going to be 95% chance with Sunday 88%. Friday only 8%. So Friday yeah. is going to be a. I think Friday's going to be fine. So I think Saturday's a rain tire day.
0: Saturday's a rain tire day. What's going to stress people out and what stresses me out is that sunday weather kind of looks like sometimes it might be dry sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be wet and then Mm -hmm. that's really hard to gauge as a racer because it takes me about 30 minutes to swap a front and a rear but
2: at least you have other wheels with rain tires on, (laughs) right which brappy little stepsister does not right and that's her stress point right now
0: Uh, yeah she we're trying to find her i think i found her rear but it's a front that we're having issues with
2: Uh, you see this is what I love about this little community. You're still trying to help her because you got to beat her fair and square. I want on to the track. beat her on the track. I know. I, I like want it. to beat her because I'm
0: more organized than she is. <laughs> 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 um but yeah, that's tough because it's it's you know, like, would the race line be dry? Like, you know, if it stopped raining 30, 40 minutes ago, do you swap yeah. them out? Do you think I have you should I should have walked you into my like my guest room which is basically just coda's
2: room yeah, that's coda's it. room call it a space slash the kramer's room
0: there's there's no kramer in there right now no, but well, you're, you're right it, it goes in there during the winter um there's like 20 tires down there i got i got <laughs> i got like one of everything i got rain tires <laughs> i got amazing. slicks i got a dot a street tire i'm just sitting there going like i don't I don't know what i'm gonna run just give, just give me all the tires just all of them just
2: just have everything ready just in case you never know yeah
0: so big shout out to Pirelli because they really helped me out they nice. literally sent me like 10 tires thanks pirelli
2: uh, helping a brother out
0: and uh agv and Dainese helped me out a lot too with nice. some last minute stuff so i really I appreciate those. i was admiring your helmet okay i got i gotta get new visors
2: i ran into knee pucks shaheen that's and a thing sh- that's and a real thing. puck shortage yeah that's a real thing in fact thanks for reminding me i need some new knee pucks. yeah well i got a guy do you <laughs> i got a knee puck guy I used to have a knee puck that was a skull and crossbones. I was that guy on the track. Oh. But I, I just wiped the smile off of his At face. least you weren't like the sparky knee puck guy. Is that even legal? <sighs> it's like Multnomah has a no fi- like a fire band. Sparky ones
0: equals fire. There's just... Oh, you know what? I, I didn't even put this in my notes. This, this is something that... I, I, I've, I've forgotten things that I did. So Monday... <laughs> Monday, I went down to Thunder Hill. Wind. So this is how stupid my life was. I drove down to san francisco to see mama b first time i've seen her in like a year and a right. half had a lovely weekend um then monday i did a track day at thunder hill which was the first time i got to ride the kramer with the new motor p.s it was awesome i bet it was uh track day holy crap oh maybe 150 people at this track day Woo! totally overbooked oversold totally crowded like on the plus side positives great to see that track days in early california out. are strong and doing well yes uh, negatives probably never going to ride with that track day group again. Crazy. <laughs> it's too many people. I, I got maybe the whole day two three clean laps. And, it, and the, here's the, the tie in was everyone is that like super bike bro. Oh yeah. That has to, that, that can't ride in the corners and just doing the straightaway is like straight line hero, bro. You get like a pack of five of them. You're just like, I'll just go into the pits and let you guys go around. Like I just, I've, I'm, a, I'm like a second or two a lap quicker than you but i can't pass you cleanly with your crazy lines and bullshit that you're doing and then you just take off on the straightaways yeah and there's like no. i literally
2: exited it and given it like 30 seconds yeah
0: i did that and then you still catch up you're like son of a bitch exactly so very <laughs> frustrating very fresh very frustrating track day um but i had to remind myself i'm there to to check out the bike right see it's all good right. which it's not, it was it's not about setting times uh well
2: <laughs> isn't it well <laughs> isn't it though
0: so, I would like to race with AFM. I race with Omer. I would like to race with AFM uh, later this year when they're at Thunder Hill. Because mm. I've had my eye on the Formula singles lap record. All right, all right. Which all is right. very attainable. And I was hoping that I could at least get close to it on, on the track day. I think I'm pretty close. I got pretty close. So, uh, the depressing part is, like, you go and it was, like, set on, like, a 250. Probably a two-stroke 250. But <laughs> it says, like, next to it, like, 250. And you're like, oh, I'm definitely doing that with like 700 cc's, so <laughs> like whoever set that record is probably faster than me <laughs> sorry whatever whatever's. um yeah it's just frustrating but like the bike worked well shook off some rust off the rider drove back home that night that was monday night got in at like 2 a.m uh slept got on a plane the next day at 5 p.m flew down to look sega to do the RS before the 2021 20, April RS before launch. I like the wings on that thing. They remind me a little bit of a lunch tray. It looks exactly like a lunch tray. Seen it in person.
2: Lunch tray. Lunch tray. Like during a track day, you can sit by your bike and have it hold your drink while you're having a sandwich during oh, the yeah. lunch break. Oh yeah. Put it on the rear stand.
0: Yeah. Sandwich on one side, beverage on the other. Yeah. When you're done, put your GoPro back on top. <laughs> but that bike looks sick. Um, sick like the measles. I have, I have, I was thinking about this. I've never been a big fan of of the way the uh, RSV4 looks. Okay, it's not, it's not ugly. It's not polarizing. It's, it's, very safe. Yeah, but it's not endearing. Right, either. it doesn't stop you on your tracks. No, I think, I think MV and Ducati do a much better job of here's a beautiful motorcycle for you to drool over. Right, and then everyone else is like a couple steps behind in terms of just like. Yeah, we made a bike. Do you hate it or not? Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any one I
2: really don't like. I like, I'll give the BMW locker. I love the way the BMW looks. The new one. The new one. The newest generation is a handsome bike. Right. The previous ones were polarizing as hell with their little winky face. Great example.
0: Great example. Because the older BMW with the winky face looks like it had a stroke. (laughs) And you're just like, "Uh, really? So like. So it's like, I wouldn't say the april is like down that way. Like, I'm not hating on it. It just doesn't do anything for me.
2: Visually, yeah, but it's one. Of, you know, it's funny. Aprilia and there's, honestly. I mean, we've always had the saying like, my favorite bike's the one I own right now. Right? They're all they all have their own character, but I think the Aprilia is one of those bikes that you sit on and you ride and you forget about what it looks like.
0: That's the best part about riding it. Yeah, I can't
2: see it. Nope. I can't see it, and it's fun as hell. And that's the thing. That bike is fun as hell. Is it? I want to hear it. Tell me everything. It's exquisite. Tell me. The, you know what? It's this exquisite. is my favorite part of asking you about your your first rides. What did you dislike about it? I want to cover that bit because usually it's a shorter list. Nah, not like what? Like so, I was trying to explain
0: this to someone uh, before you came over like obviously with the RC4, you know, it came out in 2009, so it's like what, 800 years old now. Um <laughs> in, in motorcycle talk, it's at yeah, least they years right. old. But they 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 they've they've been iterating and iterating and iterating right. upon it instead of bringing out completely brand new bikes just keep massaging it yeah so every every couple of years you're getting a little something extra but it's still very much that core so my biggest complaint with the rsv4 has always been the roll rate the side design side, the side to side transition right uh it's just it, it rolls slower than other bikes do uh in that class not in like a a really big detriment sort of way. It's not like you're fighting the machine or anything. It's not like I'm getting tired out doing it, but it is noticeably slower to transition. So that still remains, but they've definitely done some work to make it better. Um, that's kind of
2: my complaint. That's it. That's it. That's, that's, (laughs) that's your start and finish.
0: I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot of things that I hate about. Like I'm, I'll admit it. Like I'm a big fan of this bike. This is, this has always been the Jensen's dollars mm-hmm. buy in the super buy category as an RSV4 base model. Nothing changes. And I was just doing the the breakdown. Um, so it's 19000 for a base model. Okay.
2: They're getting pricey. That's still not bad. It's still not bad. That's I mean, still, that's still cheaper than its Italian counterpart. Considerably. Right.
0: Uh, and in fact, you look at, um, so the Italian counterpart would be $22,300. A comparably equipped BMW S1000RR is nineteen three, so it's it's got strong value for for what you're getting. Right. I, I think you have to start looking at Japanese bikes to to really Even get. They're
2: starting to get up there, yeah. A it comparably, is. Comparably, comparably. Well, I'm having a hard time with that word. A comparably equipped R1 is not that far off. Yeah,
0: I, I guess it depends on what you're calling comparably equipped. What's the um.
2: R1-M is expensive. Well, the R1-M has got olins on there, so it's not a base model anymore. Right.
0: Uh, what is the base model? It's like the one bike I didn't look up, Shaheen. Way <laughs> to go. Because Yamaha's dead to me. Okay, go Honda. Uh, oh, I like this little. seventeen four for an R1. So
2: you're going to pay $1,500, mm-hmm. $1,600 bucks less
0: for an R1? You get a better bike. RSV4 is such a better bike. Such a better bike. I mean, is Such this
2: objectively bike? speaking, or or just because you feel that way? Uh, both. Um, I for some reason
0: like the ergonomics on the R1 and I do not gel whatsoever. Which and and to be fair, to be fair, the rsv 4 is is not a friend to the big man. Uh, and it was the same way with the R660. So like they, I do think that Aprilia has improved the ergonomics on this model, and they mm-hmm. they they talk about it like they've read on the shape of the tank. They've increased the protection behind the windscreen so there's less force on you. And you you do notice that. It's nice. like eleven percent less aerodynamic force Especially on you.
2: For bigger dudes like us.
0: For bigger dudes like us. But it's also it's like, oh, we also, you know, caved out the uh, tank so you can get your chin rest in a better position. And I look at that thing and I'm like I don't bend like my, that. My ass is all the way to the back of the seat. <laughs> my head is like literally underneath the windscreen. I'm like, if you think my chin is going on the fuel tank, like I am not
2: built like that. really has always been the company who has that chin rest yeah. idea there. I remember when I first saw it and I was like when the Mille first came out, I was but a young Shaheen and I was way thinner than this. And even then I'm like, I'm sorry. You want me to do what? No, it's not even a gut thing. Like I've met Max Biaggi. He
0: is a foot shorter than me. I'm like that makes sense. Yeah, Max. Yeah. I bet Max's chin reaches the the chin rest. <laughs> I'm a foot taller than him, so my head's in the windscreen. It's on the. It's over the triple clamp. That's where my chin is. Is you on know, the triple it's, clamp. It's
2: just part of the bike's pedigree. They get to say, you know, Biaggi puts his chin there. So maybe you someday can too. Yeah, that seems ambitious. <laughs> um The goes the rest of the ergos
0: are pretty good. Uh, The seat height is a little bit lower. The foot pegs are a little lower, but they've increased the lean angle. Uh, So, I mean, it's great. Um, Nice. The engine feels surprisingly more powerful for for keeping the same horsepower and increasing the torque just like a couple pound feet. No
2: replacement for displacement, bro, and this is a bigger engine.
0: That's the thing. It went from 1077 to 1099. Right. Fucking. 22 cc's made a difference. Fucking. I don't know what they did.
2: It, it goes
0: and one of the, the thing that's really interesting was for those that know laguna turn 11 is the bus stop that comes onto the front straight mm-hmm. most super bikes and in my experience even with the rsv4 it's the first gear turn well it depends on your gearing but stock gearing, first gear turn and that's just wheelie wheelie central oh yeah it's you're great, actually a great shot to, sh- to shoot photography because you're going to get some great dynamic stuff going on there um but most most super bikes, you would get on the gas and your front wheel comes up and it comes down. Then you click in the second gear and the front wheel comes up and it comes down. And you're like wheeling up and down the whole front straight, basically, <laughs> just bouncing along the front straight there. I was really impressed at the RSV4's ability to get the power to the ground because it, I didn't I didn't get that huge wheel lift coming down the front straight. I didn't get that it's that lunch tray. It's that lunch tray. I think I think it's some of it's just the. Suspension settings and the geometry, and yeah, probably some aerodynamics. Right. Um, maybe
2: it's part of that new swing arm design. Well, I wonder if they've done a good job of putting a lot of weight forward to kind of make the bike less wheelie prone.
0: Yeah, I feel like it just squats like well, what it's still wheelie prone. That's the thing that's so weird. So, how like in a spot that you would expect wheelie, it's not huh. coming out of turn. Well, coming up the hill towards a corkscrew after turn six. I basically wheelied up that entire thing. Wow. Just about every time. Just fucking craziness. And at like a lean angle of like 30 degrees. Like that was like the thing. Like out of turn three or turn four before that as well. Like just wheeling in weird spots because there's just so much power. Um, But the electronics are really good. They've got a new Magneti Morelli ECU, new IMU platform. F- f- fucking ones and zeros doing their job. Like it's a, it's a.
2: It's a wild ride. It's Toad's wild ride. Huh. So for the advanced rider, yeah. Does it feel stable in these wild oh, shenanigans? Yeah. That's the thing that's like
0: that's what I was like trying to say. Like you know, it's Toad's wild ride, but like it's really fun. Because huh. cause you you do feel like you're in control. You're, of but it. you're not terrified. No. I mean, you kind of have to like you have to work up to it a little bit. And I do think superbikes have gotten to that point now where it's a little ludicrous where it's like they should sell you like a gym program, a nutrition plan, and this like, comes with a Peloton membership. By yeah, the way. you should probably sign a waiver. Uh, you know, like it's they're getting a little ridiculous in terms of the grip actually the actual. have a heart monitor on them. It just kind of make sure you're not yeah. going to die of a heart. attack. It just turns off at like 180 beats per minute. Um, <laughs> slows down. You know, it's a funny thing though, because it's like it's one of the things like I do think these bikes have surpassed what can reasonably be expected even from advanced riders. Like I'm a, professional i'm doing right. a little quote thing but like i don't know what percentile i would be in of motorcyclists but let's say top five percent maybe sure i don't think that's braggy
2: but still it's the thing you gotta work but, to. but,
0: I, but I sit there going like, i don't know if i'm good enough for this thing
2: <laughs> you know but do you think that's because the bike is just ludicrously powerful and light or is it do you do you give any credit or lack of to the electronics How how did that was it able to control I'm, I'm quotation control the bike via electronics without seeming like it's getting in the way or was there
0: oh yeah no for sure um so a couple things to mention one we're on we're on the the OEM spec uh tire mm-hmm. which is a Pirelli Super Corsa um which is a
2: decent tire but it's great, not attractive Great I tire mean, it is but, but it's not a slick right it's not a slick
0: um so you know we did get some some like you are seeing the bike kind of starting to surpass those street tires and, mm-hmm. and it would benefit probably from slicks um but yeah the electronics are great like you know you, you know i took i took the traction for instance i took the traction there's eight levels traction i took the traction control all the way down to eight and then just worked my way up each lap to uh traction control one hmm. and it was interesting to see where it kicked in and like honestly like i had to get through four or five really quick you know from eight to four to five hmm. because it was just it was too much intervention but even in like one or two like the bikes the bikes in control uh you know it it, the intervention is really good at kicking in when you need it because like you're spooling up these street tires and Mm -hmm. and especially in our first two sessions when it was still kind of drizzly rainy so the track was still super cold Mm -hmm. and um I mean, we're still like, uh, the suspension settings weren't dialed in yet. I spent a whole session dialing in suspension, uh, that was my third session. So, between the bike, not the bike being pretty set up for a Max Biaggi type weight and
2: rider, not a Jensen, <laughs> not, not like a John McGuinness
0: type type rider,
2: <laughs> we're gonna have the uh, the, the Shaheen Alvandi uh scale there, it's uh, 235.2 pounds, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> um
0: you know, so it was interesting to see how the tire, uh, the, sorry, the electronics managed, like the tire grip and, and and just the chassis movement and all that stuff. And, you know, I think a lot of the bikes in this category do a really good job of that now. It's hard to find one that's not like that. And actually, like, that's one of the things with the BMW. I really don't like the electronics on the BMW. And, it, and like, that's why it's so, like, it stands out so starkly because you're Probably like, the only bike I've heard continuous
2: complaints about
0: yeah and you're just like how did you guys not get this right and you're like well, it's weird because right. the last iteration was good it was pretty good um they do some weird things like i just they're very bmw it's like hans hans what, what brakes should we use
1: we use the brambos yeah i've used the brambos but, but nine, make nine, it- not the brambos <laughs> they're, they're from italy yeah, we don't do Italy. We this don't is also do uh, it. We have bad history from Italy from back in the day. I believe he was in the 1940s.
0: The last time the Germans and the Italians built something together, the world was very unhappy with us. <laughs> nein.
1: Nein, nein. Scheiße. Don't do the Italians. No. Turn off the craft work. It's time to get
2: going. <laughs> oh, man. I'm so glad we have friends in BMW Motorrad. Not because... anymore. Not anymore. That's the one that breaks the camel's back. <laughs> the wiener <laughs> schnitzel broken. is officially broken
0: it's time to go Gunfa.
2: <laughs> this is no longer a spitzel now you are talking about pasta uh,
0: i've lost track of what we're talking about electronics <laughs> really <they're laughs> <brilliant. laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, most of the bikes in this category are very good so that's not too surprising um what's what's i think the total package of it though the quick shifters, superb the the IMU and the traction control is superb the wheel control is oh gosh, controls, I uh, no i don't think so magneti early oh. ecu i don't know who's doing the imu platform but they so what people don't realize is aprilia was the first superbike brand to bring an imu mhm uh they were the first superbike brand to bring w- ride by wire they're for the first superbike brand to bring winglets to a superbike so there's a lot of firsts here that's right um so you know, they've had a pretty good history of, of developing this stuff and and i think there's an advantage to you know as much as as me as a consumer and me as a journalist wants to see like a brand new bike every two or three years i think there's an advantage in in some regards to just evolving a platform mm-hmm. because then you don't have to constantly start over from zero and and learn what you don't know and and build it back up to where it was before uh and you know chase your tail a while right. where you can just keep building 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 and that's the RSV4. Like, is it perfect? No. What is? But it's so well-developed. Everything about it is so mature and so well-developed and so refined. It is It is the best superbike on the market.
2: Did you only get to ride the base model or did you get to ride the factory? Base model and the factory. They had both there for us. The factory... With electronic suspension adjustment, yes, yes. Are you still a better, bigger fan of the ah. base non-adjust? Well, not non-adjust, but non-electronically adjustable. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, do uh-huh. tell. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, and the answer is,
2: yeah. No. <laughs> oh, all right.
0: So complicated. Complicated answer to an easy question. I think. I mean, for the money, nineteen grand. I'm getting a base model. Like Jensen, Jensen Miller like going to go buy a super bike. Jensen Miller like going to go buy an RSV4. What's the factory? 24? 26? No. 26. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of oh, Goodness. Think about this though. And I, I, I had to do the research. Okay. Other than the Suzuki, which I would say their up spec model is still rather lacking mm-hmm. against the other up spec
2: models in terms of what you get yeah they're up spec up spec models like their base model basically kind of right
0: you know there's no electronic suspension mm-hmm. there's 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 missing some stuff so take that out of the equation that's the cheapest up spec model in the category in the in the segment and theirs is 18 no sorry this is this is the 20 the, you're
2: talking about Wait, we're, we're talking, talking about question. Suzuki being the cheapest or the N- well
0: I mean Suzuki is the cheapest but I'm saying it's not it shouldn't be considered oh, okay. so aside from the Suzuki aside this from is Suzuki, the Aprilia is the, is the so cheapest it's still
2: less money than an
0: R1M it's less money than it's so R1M is a little bit more right it's like 26 three or there the Honda the most expensive one 26. right now in
2: that category
0: Kawasaki the ZX10R R uh, 29,000 Honda 28 5 BMW M1000RR is 37 but that's kind of you know, another step because all the right. carbon um ducati is 20 28 eight, 7 yeah 28 7 holy hell! so tremendous value so that's one of the things out there i'm like this is mechanically speaking it's up there the best bike the best super bike in my opinion especially for its price and then when you factor in the price it's also one of the cheapest if not the cheapest and if you can get over the fact that like it's not going to win any beauty pageants i don't think very many of them are right What are we talking about? A fucking good value. Yeah. So, you know, as much as I love the Pan, second favorite bike would be Panagalli V4. I love the way the Panagalli V4 rides. Love the way it looks. Yeah. But I don't need to spend another $3,000. Maybe if I'm financing it. I don't know. Maybe I don't care at that point. That's only a couple dollars a month more. But that's the thing where I'm like sitting there looking at like, okay, V4S, 28.7. RSV4 base, 19. Mm Mm-hmm. You're making me think too much. That's mm-hmm. nine grand.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Well, I mean, it, it just doesn't cost. If you buy a base model, it doesn't cost that much money to no, do you're some right. drop ins and put an Olin's rear end on there. You could probably throw another two, three grand in suspension on that bike and have a hell of a bike. But I think that factory, if you didn't mind the electronically adjustable suspension. Right. That's what we're talking about. Right. And I, you've, you've always sort of been anti electronic suspension on the track, but on the street, you like it.
0: I have yet to see especially that suspension in dynamic mode mm-hmm. really do a great react. job. Like that, that was my issue with the BMW. Another reason I don't like the BMW, that bike was like four different bikes depending on where you were on the track. You're right. You know, and it just, it was just like, what bike was it going to, was going to show up at the corner? And, and like, you just were like, I'm dumb. If you're a dynamic bullshit, just give me manual mode. And I'm, and I've been like that with the previous generation RSV4. I, I test rode it up at the Ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, same issue. We put in a dynamic and the bike had, Tremendous amount of understeer the, the the front end just felt all wrong, mm-hmm. and so it was really interesting to spend an entire session. So at that point we were doing so for those who don't know, like it got rainy at Laguna and our schedule got all screwy, and we ended up just throwing the whole plan out of out the window. We just started doing open laps, <laughs> so I went out and did like a 20, 30 minute session, nice uh, on the factory. Give you and, a chance to get to know it a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we got we got plenty of seat time. It's not like it's the super Legere super legere yeah. Five
2: laps, you're done. Get off the <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Which is well, it's the whole thing. Bitter, um, party of one. Your table's ready.
0: Not bitter. I just I <laughs> just wanted more time Disapp- on that bike. I'm
2: not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah,
0: I'm just disappointed. I wanted more time on that rad bike. Uh, it's a rally. It's a really awesome machine that I'll probably never get to ride one again because <laughs> no, because it's just it's. pandemic's going I'll let you ride mine those those press launches are very hard to get
2: right um so
0: uh so yeah i got to spend like a 30 minute session and i, and I went out and every like two three laps i would come in and, and fiddle sticks the, the settings and it was interesting because i mean right off the bat like the rear end is way too soft and it's pumping and like the biggest issue was you'd hit the quick shifter and the bike would unload and it would oh. just do the whole like you know you, great radio jensen it would just like, do this whole like <laughs> wet noodle thing and you're like okay so we need to stiffen it up we we you can, you have to manually do the preload but all the uh, compression and damping all the damping settings are through the the software so we put a little preload everywhere we, we put a little bit more damping everywhere go out better not but not perfect And this is where the olin system this is where the value for the electronic suspension comes into play come in like what do i need i need more acceleration sport because it's 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 noodly when i accelerate i'm feeling rear end skittle around some of that's the tire we're asking way too much from these street tires some of that's the bike too okay that's that's a category tick 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 three added three levels okay a lot better now okay well let's stiffen up the front a little bit more because i'm still getting front to back i'm still getting a little rocking back and forth stiffen up the compression on the front now i'm getting that understeer thing that i had at the ridge i'm like okay we went too far come back in dial it we took it back one notch oh now we're good you know so it's one of those things of i guess what i'm trying to say is it's one of those things of the value of the electron suspension was being able to make these adjustments yeah the ease of adjustment in the pit by i mean it wasn't by myself i had the press guy help me out but i could have done it by myself if i knew the the process no tools necessary no tools necessary. necessary that's right that's right um Make really quick changes, dial the bike in. You know, within thirty minutes, mm-hmm. I could have probably done it quicker if I really, really wanted to. Uh, had this bike, great base setup for for that track. And if that was the mechanical stuff, it would have been a whole thing. You know, that would have been half my day. Oh yeah. So there is some value to it there that I thought was really impressive. And I do think, and I, I need to talk to the Olens guys a little bit. There is some things that you can do with the software. That would require you pulling the suspension apart and replacing with with other pieces, hmm. especially like the the braking stroke, or I guess the stroke of the fork on the during braking, the compression of this of the shock during acceleration. You know, you don't have those settings per se where it's like okay, it's only this this part of the stroke where I need dampening, not the whole stroke. Um, I guess a lot of, I guess a lot of Olin shocks now have a high speed and low speed compression settings. So that would be, that would be part of that. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was cool to get to work with it in that level. Do I think it's worth the three grand or whatever? Probably not. Again, like I'm not going to buy the factory model and pay for it. I'd rather buy the base model, get some carbon or uh, forged aluminum wheels mm-hmm. And then the money I save goes into track days and tires. Mm-hmm. That and you'd be just as happy. But it was interesting to get to play with it a little bit more, a higher level. Having seen comparing that to my experience at the Ridge, where it was really like we just did this the suspension setup in the Mandel mode and, and let the dynamic kind of do its thing. Right. I don't think their <clears throat> dynamic settings are are realistic for American riders. In what way? Just just where they are, just what their baseline is. Like that's what we're saying. Like we went out there with the bike's zero across the board. You know, it's like negative five to positive five Mm -hmm. is their range. And it was zero down the board and it wasn't the setup. It wasn't the right setup. The bike was like a noodle, you know, it was, it was pumping. It was, it was slipping. It was, it was rocking and rolling, you know, but after that 30 minute session, you're like, okay, I've got my, my numbers. I'm ready to go. There's a lot of, there's some value in that, especially if you go to a lot of different tracks. Right. So, um,
2: have I changed my opinion about electronic suspension? I don't think so, but I see some value there that I didn't see before. It's interesting you say that, though, because I mean, if the price difference is only about three thousand dollars, right? No, it's it's more than that. It's it's. What? I'm
0: saying like the suspension, electronic suspension, typically adds
2: like twenty five hundred dollars right, right. to the
0: price. So, but there is a seven thousand dollar price difference between got these it.
2: machines. Yeah, in this case, you're getting you know the electronic suspension, you're getting the forged wheels, and I'm sure a couple of other things that I'm not thinking of. Here. So it, you could probably different get better wheels for let's call it three grand on the high side if you want to get three aluminum. grand on the high side aluminum ones if you want to go carbon it's a little more than that but it's still in the $3,000 range more.
0: you can get a good set of forged aluminum wheels for a little over two yeah uh, carbon carbons fiber are the three. like three, 35, if you want to get those fancy like that.
2: bullet ones they're in the $4,000 range but that's really like if you go crazy you can spend four grand on a set of like really just blinged out I'm thinking of the roto yeah I know what
0: you're talking roto about roto box
2: bullets yeah I think they're about four
0: yeah that might be you might be thinking of the single side swing arm price too though
2: that's true that's my little world uh, you
0: truthfully Shane you're not gonna get you're not getting any carbon fiber because there's, no be there's no carbon fiber wheels to be there's no
1: carbon
2: fiber wheels just buy the bike with the lighter wheels on it and mm. boom it's right there already yeah you know the thing is though. I've said this before, where someone at your level is going to get a bike like that, your job is to kind of nitpick through it and really go through it with a fine-tooth comb and give us the information, right? I think the typical, quote-unquote, average rider can probably get on that bone stock base model and have their socks blown off. Oh, yeah. As far as handling, like you were going to talk about, oh, it's a harder rolling bike from side to side than, say, a CBR, but... I think my level, and I'm still a group A rider, and your level are several eons apart. And so I would get on that bike and be like, oh, the fuck talking about this is an amazing motorcycle? Like, this is, this is perfect. No. This is everything I ask it to do. So I, I feel like you can probably, I'm doing you a favor as a buyer. You could probably go and buy this base model bike and have the best time of your life. Somewhere and somewhere is going to tell you, oh, dude, you should get lighter wheels for it. And I would never argue with that. But... You could probably save the money and not do that and just go enjoy some track days and become a better rider on that motorcycle before you even have to spend a dime on anything on that.
0: No, it's not going to hold you back. Right. It's not going to hold you back. And that's the same thing when you're talking about the roll rate where it's like it's not so egregious. It's not such a, a red flag. that you are like, oh, this is a weak link of this bike. Right. It's just the thing that the bike does worse than its competitors. Right. They all handle it really speaking. well. Yeah. I mean, it's like. The spectrum, what was it? I'm getting ahead of myself, but we want to talk about the Harley Davidson Pan America 1250. <laughs> and Ewan, our our friend from Holland who went to the European launch for for A&R, he sent me this graphic because I was asking him, like, I was like, you know, is it better than this? Is it better than that? Can you, can you, can you frame this, this for me? <laughs> and he says, I don't know if you saw it, Jaheim, but he, uh, where is it? Uh, it's the last photo on his review. Um, he sends me this note on a, Husqvarna notepad of all things (laughs) you know or it's like so at the front of it he's got Ducati Multistrada so he's got this like line spectrum right and at the very very end it's like Ducati KTM GS and then the Pan America is just a little bit further down and then all the way down here like on the almost the other side it says like all Harleys (laughs) and then the opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum it says Livewire in terms of like (laughs) adventure bikes. It's not like it's not like it's over here in the all Harley's range. It's like this with the with the adventure bikes. Right. They're all kind of clustered it's together. Yeah, it'll do the thing. It does. They all do the thing really well. It'll take
2: you to Starbucks really well.
0: <laughs> it just takes you to Starbucks a little less well than the other one.
2: Right, <laughs> but like only a little bit less. Only a little bit. But it's you know, it's funny. I was talking to somebody. If if this bike simply does one thing, and that's to convert current Harley riders from a regular bagger to a dirt bagger what a different bike because it weighs hundreds of pounds less and has twice the power so they're gonna lose their mind they're gonna just shit their leotards
0: lose their mind um we'll get to that i want to talk, talk about losing your losing your mind <laughs> um what else about this bike do you want to know i'm trying to think with the the things
2: is the lunch tray option on all of them do yes they all have that yeah so it's that's a thing is there a carbon fiber version of the lunch tray
0: no nope. it's just it's really wheels, suspension, and color options.
2: And That's your seven thousand dollars difference. Yeah.
0: Oh. Huh. All right. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure there's like, I'm sure like Shane's listening. The the PR guy's listening. And the, da, 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 da. I'm like, I forgot that presentation. already.
2: Yeah. I wonder if like the IMU has a slightly yeah. of no, uh, no, no, Nothing no. there. All the
0: all the all the real bits. Like it might be like the DRL is is activated or not. No. But all the all the go fast good stuff is there
2: yeah quick shift on all yeah yeah yeah, huh? yeah. quick shift so good i bet so good i so did you guys ride the tuono as well or no no okay so we'll talk about about whenever when that happens the the v4 tuono yeah i don't know when that's coming to the. did US. you huh. did you only ride it on the track
0: yes okay i i i don't i mean i know why but I don't know why people want to know how a superbike rides on the street. I agree. I'm with you. Or it's like, I don't know. How good your is tois- your toaster at making pasta?
2: But I, I don't know. I will well, say it's this, not, though. It's not built for that. Being in the retail side, a lot of superbikes don't go to the track. No, for sure. Sadly. For sure. So I think those people that are like, I just want to look good and ride this thing 2,000 miles a year on the street want to know, hey, when I hit a pothole, is it going to hurt my wrist more than, say, a Jixxer?
0: <laughs> I don't understand why you buy an RSV4 or a... Any super bike for the street. I do understand why you buy a Tuono V4. Like, if, like, Tuono V4 review, that's what it's made for. You better go to the street and you better go to the track because that's where that bike's going to live. But like,
2: full tuck, full fairing, zero fucks. Well, that part, that's why zero fucks. Like, it was like, and maybe it's 42 year old me talking now, but like 22 year old me was all about the super bike on the street because you look fucking cool on it.
0: It's like the guy reviewing a Ferrari and dinging him for not enough trunk space. (laughs) For their groceries. And you're like, if this is what
2: you haul your groceries in, you bought the wrong vehicle. First of all, bravo if that's what you're hauling your groceries around in. I want to high-five you. Second of all, they're probably going to make an SUV soon anyways. Ferrari, you think so? Totally. A crossover? Absolutely. I don't think so. Fucking Maserati just came out with one. I I
0: think their whole jam is that we will never do that. Nah. Just like Ducati's whole jam is like, We will never build an electric bike. We will use synthetic fuel before we make an electric (laughs) motorcycle.
2: And I'm like, wow, you guys are really dedicated to that. You will feed pasta to this bike before we put electricity in this
0: thing. Yeah. I I like your commitment to (laughs) not progressing forward.
1: (laughs) I
2: like it. I like it a lot. Tradition's
0: a hell of a thing, man. Yeah. Um. On that same idea, I got a call that I will be going to the Suzuki Hayabusa
2: launch. (gasps) What? When? Where? Who's going? Can I go? Oh, we should we should do that. I should talk to them. Team Ann said, if you ever get a Hayabusa long term, she would like to please at least have a ride on it. She's never been on one and it's her favorite bike on the Yeah, I'll give it.
0: her two up, no problem.
2: She <laughs> she would be so happy.
0: <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, See what fine. I did there. That's fine. Um it's in uh in Utah. We're gonna ride on the street. Okay. And then we're gonna take it to the track
2: at Miller. Whoa.
0: Which would be interesting. Definitely want to be there for that. Which would be interesting.
2: (laughs) I'm kind of curious. Oh, you can never complain about being too big on a Hayabusa. That's the best That's part. one of those things where I'm like, yes, bring me to my people. Bring me this fucking bike and a steak. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and a low alcohol content beer because there's nothing like above 2% in no. Utah. Oh, no, there is now. You can just is go there? and get it. Oh, yeah, is it normal? Easy peasy. It used to be two different menus, but the last couple times I've been through Utah, they're like, what do you want? I'm like, well, it looks like you have a 9% stout. I will have that.
0: What's the one that's like, like the polygamist? The
2: the, polygamist the, beer.
0: The I think it's called polygamist a, beer. Really? Yeah. What? Or it's like, it, like called or sister wife or, beer. Or, what is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like two wives or something. I don't Somebody's know. Somebody's
2: listening. They're like, it's such and such. Let us know, please, at uh, Brap um, You know, at, uh, on Instagram. Webraptalk at gmail I love Utah. It's the prettiest state, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean. Like, I'm starting to consider buying land somewhere in the middle of it just so I can be like, I have a spot in Utah to go to whenever I want. I don't know if I go with the prettiest. The, it, it is gorgeous. gorgeous.
0: It's just hard because, like, there's no coast. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you're like, I, like, I like oceans. I do too. I'm with you. Salt Lake. Yeah. I'm not swimming in Salt Lake. Come on. It smells weird. They dump <laughs> a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> it's very salty. <laughs> it's very salty. Um, But uh, so yeah, so that'll be very, it's, uh, it's in May. I forgot the date already. Oh, like next month. Yeah, but like later next month, it'll be a while. We got like
2: at least two more shows to do before okay. then. <laughs> I am
0: on our weekly <laughs> on our, our weekly, weekly podcast.
2: I am dying to ride that bike. Yeah. I don't know why. It just I've seen two at our shop in the last week, and I'm like, <laughs> I was working on Suzuki really hard to get us a long termer. I still think don't give up on that idea. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, T man. Uh, just think of T
0: man. Do it for T man. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? I got monster. So. Trying to think. Next podcast, we'll talk about the fuel test. The one after that, we'll talk about Ducati Monster, which I'll go do. Oh la la! So a lot of a lot of bikes coming out, but they're trickling out. they so super weird,
2: out. dude. As a dealership, they're trickling out. Like you guys are killing me. Give yeah. me bikes. I think. I uh, like. Legitimately, I was talking
0: to someone today. The the so one of the headlines I want to talk about was Harley Davidson sales booming. Boom. Great Q one. Congratulations, Harley. Slow clap it. it. Slow clap it. Good job um i'm usually pretty poopy you guys did a great job great the problem is is and this isn't just a harley thing but the problem is going to be how sustainable will sales be throughout this year because the pandemic was an interesting thing where we saw horrible q1 horrible q2 q3 kind of coming back super strong q4 now we're seeing another super strong q1 Mm -hmm. but like we talked about that carbon fiber We talked about, uh, I think, a couple podcasts ago, like, try to get a a Japanese brand oil filter. The trick for some of these dealerships is going to be keeping bikes coming into the showroom, keeping parts coming into the showroom. Yep. Because deliveries are totally screwy and stuff. And, like, I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing this trickling out of bikes, where it's just like, yeah, we were going to build them all in December last year, but we couldn't. Couldn't. And now we're just kind of like, hey, we got a bunch of chains in. We can finally finish all the monsters. And, we got all the wheels now. We can finally get the Super Dukes out. All the da 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 One of the just-
2: problems that a lot of dealerships are running into is I mean, you, you, you've hit that nail so hard is getting anything. Logistics right now is a nightmare. I mean, companies like, you know, for me, for instance, is Ducati, right? So Italy was shut down for so long. And now we're dealing with the after effect of that, you know, the, the, tri- the, the ripple effect of yes. what happened then. And it's catching up with us now. So as a dealership, I mean, we talk about this all the time in any aspect of running any business. It's hard. You don't have a magic eight ball. You don't know what's going to happen next. So what you can do is what you try to do anyways is to be as far ahead as possible. If you can think what's going to happen next. So in the grand scheme of things, if you believe in the ripple effect of stuff, if something shut down for three or four months, even though you're able to get things right now, that doesn't mean that stuff was made right now. It was made before. right it's just manufacturing they work on stuff now to get it to you later so whatever is happening right now was a product of before if that makes any sense um so as a dealership if you can kind of remember that and keep that in mind you try to order shit ahead of time to kind of be in front of other people be like okay i like in my mind i was like okay so if what I think is going to happen, which is going to be a delay in deliveries, I need to try and get in front of everybody else and say, hey, I'm going to pre-order stuff so that I can put my name on a list. because." I look at it as what my customers have to deal with. If you want to come buy something that I know is limited, you have to get in line first. You have to put a deposit on there and put your name on there so that I know you, Jensen Beeler, want to buy such and such motorcycle so I can get it to you. And you're sort of guaranteeing your spots. Mm -hmm. So as a dealership, you got to say, okay, I'm the customer of the manufacturer and I got to do the same thing. I got to put my name in front of it and say, hey, sign me up for X amount of hardware for Q2 or Q3. And I mean, I ordered Q3 at the beginning of Q1 sort of thinking, shit, this, something's going to happen. And holy shit, by some miracle, well, not miracle, I, I feel bad for dealerships that are dealing with the adverse side of this thing, but it it seems to have worked for me.
0: We, are, I guarantee this, we will lose at least one dealership in America. We'll probably lose more, but I'm going to guarantee one. We'll lose one dealership, not because of customer demand, mm-hmm. but of because of supply uh, loss. Yeah, supply well, chain's a motherfucker right well, now. They'll be sitting there and be like, I, I need to sell 100 bikes this quarter right i don't know if that's the right number but i need to sell 100 bikes this quarter but i can only get 50 delivered to me yeah so that means i actually operated at a loss right and i have to close my doors or that or is going to happen to, to at least one plan. dealership
2: yeah it's uh Unfortunately, I think you are right. I, I hate for that to happen to anybody. I don't want to see anybody lose a business, job, or anything like that. That sucks, especially when, when in this it's business. When booming, that's the thing. Right. You went out of business when it was booming. And it's funny because you hear people be like, "Oh, it's got to be a good problem to have." No, it sucks. It's still a problem. If you don't have the goods to deliver, then you're you're fucked. You're 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 in trouble. And so, you know, you, you're not kidding. You know, something as simple as an oil filter. Yeah, dude, you got to get your orders in early so that you can try to help your customers because guess who's ordering a fuck ton of stuff way before you Revzilla. Yeah. And you gotta, and if you see they're having a hard time, sums <laughs> up. Are they? No, I'm not saying, I'm oh. just saying if you see it. Oh, sure. Then, yeah. Cause they're, got- they're the canary in the cage. <clears throat> right. They're the one that's going <laughs> to so get affected. In, in first. my mind, Harley Davidson is sort of that, right? It's, I've always said they're the big fish in the ocean and the rest of us are like the remoras just feeding off little bits because they, they do account for n- almost half of motorcycle sales in North America so uh, about a quarter half of a uh, large displacement oh, yeah, large displacement correct so like if they hurt then everybody else hurts a little bit it's not like harley gets hurt and suddenly indians like woo, we're gonna pick up where they left off not right. good. the whole industry feels it um so that's why i'm sort of like slow clapping with you like sweet if they did well it means everybody else is probably doing well but boy oh boy if you're a dealership and you didn't think ahead and it happens right i i hope i cross my fingers for you i hope you'll be okay
0: yeah the worry would be you know motorcycling sales are going through a boom and all of a sudden the industry can't can't support it because of supply chain issues right. like the one time like we're doing really well and we can't capitalize on it and build new riders and build growth and all that great stuff because the supply chain so screwy throughout the world mm-hmm. um it, It'll be interesting. It'll be, it's, channel. A, it's a it's it's kind of a good problem to have but i think it's going to be a serious problem again q3 q4 i think you're going to sell dealers are going to sell out all their shit that they have now in q1 now that or q2 let's call it because now it's the writing season and then there won't be any replenishment and we'll see some struggle in q3 q4
2: just having dealt with a lot of ordering and dealing with supply chain i truly think q2 is going to be the most difficult yeah I think once Q3 hits, at least halfway through it, I think things will I think it'll catch back up. I I I you know, pardon me for being eternally optimistic, but I do think just looking at the timeline and the scheduling, I think it should be better. I hope. Crossing fingers. But that's sort of the my little prediction of the future. Okay. But you got to, you know, I, I hope that you had your shit together and your Q2s lined up because Q2 is a big, big time. It's a whole lot of bikes in Q2. Yeah, dude. May, May and June? Are you kidding me? Everyone's getting ready so they can be ready to go ride in June, July, August. Yeah. So if you can't deliver, then unfortunately they're going to go to, customers are fickle. They're not, you want to be able to say that they're, you know, your customers they're gonna only buy from you, but if some dude wants to buy something and you don't have it, they're gonna go find it somewhere else. That's unfortunate. That's just the truth of it. That just that, sucks. That's
0: the reality, right? Yeah. There's like, oh, I was gonna go buy that Harley Davidson for twenty five thousand dollars, but they didn't have one, so I bought a jet ski instead, or I bought yeah. a side by side, or yeah. I just decided to like take a basket weaving. I mean, like, you know, they'll they'll take that money and they'll go somewhere else with it. Yeah. They're not Gotta gonna buy sit that by. new
2: pizza oven. Start making pizzas. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's not gonna be a uh, a purchase that's delayed. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe some, but I think a lot of them were like, oh, I can't get the thing. I'll go do something else. Though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, we'll see. Uh, Harley Davidson, for those that aren't in the know, uh, sales up 30% in wow. Q1. Down, that's in the US, mm-hmm. down 36% in Europe. Wow. Up 9% worldwide. Is that be- Do you think because that's logistics and they can't get bikes over there? Uh, Logistics, um yeah i think that's a big part of it uh and i think i think part of that also is just the reality of uh the pandemic the us is doing a lot better than europe is right now it is that's true uh we, I mean, they're having
2: they're having another wave in several countries
0: several countries are having second waves they're having they're struggling getting vaccinations out i think the u.s has done a tremendous job of, of ramping up vaccine and getting people vaccinated um yeah i think we're at over 28 percent now na- yeah, nationally it's not bad no. We'll see if we we'll get to the herd immunity level, but um, so far so good. Um, I think that's just the reality of it, and it's just we'll open up before they will.
2: Well, maybe Harley Davidson also kind of looked at it and said, "Fuck it, let's let's uh, concentrate on our own local market. It's a pretty big market."
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot of production here, but at the end of the day, the supply chain comes from the world over. Oh, yeah. So there's there's some things to be said about that. Um but it's it's Shaheen, I don't know how many stories I've written about Harley Davidson sales tanking, sliding, exploding, folding into themselves mm-hmm. like a dying star. So it's actually kind of nice to finally You've ha- gotten really good at
2: the graphics.
0: Yeah. I think that's why I wasn't invited to the press launch. Probably. Um that my whole general attitude. But uh <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, it's it's nice to be able to finally report something good on it.
2: So think Salt Lake is salty? You wait till I meet Jensen Bueller. All the flavors in the world and he chose the saltiest. Just for Harley though.
0: And Yamaha. They named an ice cream place after me here in Portland. <laughs> for my love of straws mm. and my general disposition. Salt and straw. Uh, um um so yeah, speaking of which, Harley Davidson, Pan America twelve fifty uh is out. Wait, it's officially out in dealerships? I don't know about that. Oh. It's out for the press. Like what, what, what? Um but we had a colleague of mine, Ewan from uh which which website would he want me? Test Motor is his is his is his test website for for bikes. He's got like he's got like twelve motorcycles. He's like cornered the Dutch motorcycle market <laughs> on websites. <laughs> it's very busy. Uh, he's great. He's uh, he's a very critical uh, evaluator. He's a very talented rider. So uh, very pleased that he could go to Germany for us and ride the Pan America 1250. And if I can paraphrase his thoughts, Jaheen, uh, it, what did he say it was? Better than I expected, <laughs> but still not better than a GS or KTM. So, I don't know if that's a glass half full, glass half empty. I think it's kind of how you have to look at it. Um, and, I mean, it has we're like, been
2: around forever, and same with KTM. This is their first shot at this. Sure. I'll and, give them a little credit for that.
0: Right. And 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 to come out with a bike. like I think his takeaway was, if you bought one, you're going to have a good time, and you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to go do the things. Right. There are better bikes you could have bought, but this one will work for you if you like the way it looks if you're into the harley Davidson name you want to join the club then yeah absolutely pull the trigger congratulations you're gonna you're gonna have a great time I don't know I don't know were you expecting them to come out and like be the market leader because I don't think no. I
2: was god no no it's like it's like bmW coming out with a cruiser and expecting to be a market leader suddenly because they are the market leader in the Adventure segment, right? Harley's got their teeth, you know, clamped down on the cruiser segment, and now they're trying something new. This is doing probably, I feel like this will do better than, say, the V-Rod did. Oh, uh, yeah, come on. Because that segment, this segment that Harley's getting into is still a growing segment, the adventure one. It, it's, it's like, I mean, again, for my little local motorcycle scene, we're seeing more and more and more adventure bikes being sold because people are like, yeah, I can ride this thing fast on the street. It's comfortable as hell. I don't have to be crouched way over it. I can sit upright and look good at the coffee shop and, you know, have dreams and plans and ambitions of getting out on, on a BDR-esque road with gravel on it and be mm-hmm. like, here I am on my Instagram picture outside by the river.
0: Uh, a, uh an advanced look in an A&R pro story I want to write. Okay. The secret weapon, the thing that no one is talking about, the most overlooked feature of this bike is that little
2: kneely downy thing. No, fuck that. It's Dude, sweet. that's pretty sweet, man.
0: Uh It was like, good idea, not executable. Oh, really? Very well. Yeah. Interesting. So it sounds like, I mean, I think it's a part that Showa developed that Harley got first. Uh. Sounds like it needs like some electronics need to be worked out a little Next bit more. Generation. I think it's another one of those things like like just like the DCT and um what was the other electronic thing that we complain about? Uh maybe I mean, maybe it's electronic suspension. Yeah, suspension. But is that the same thing where like what it does versus what I want uh cruise control, that's what it was. Uh what it does versus what I want it to do, there's there's friction there. Hmm. where like it's not kind of predictable it doesn't do it fast enough it doesn't do it at the right time oh it doesn't like it sounds good on
2: paper but it just wasn't executed correctly i think that's the issue it has to be able to do it quick enough where if you stop the bike and put your feet down it's already done yeah i think i think there's just some issues of, of that i like the idea of it the idea, the idea of it it is brilliant there's the totally one of the biggest brilliant. things people complain about about a adventure bike is its height totally seat heights unbelievably tall in a lot of these things and if you're five foot eight and under chances are you cannot flat foot it although i think it's a bullshit crutch that a lot of people are just holding on to the idea that they have to flat foot a bike but be that as it may if that's the thing and that's your comfort thing and you as a harley davidson are saying hey we've solved this issue for you cool little gimmick fantastic right so
0: hopefully it gets polished um but the thing that's overlooked the dealer network. Mm. and and someone i've heard this from multiple people now and and you and i living in a metropolitan maybe don't realize it but the idea of like okay i'm gonna drive across i'm gonna ride across the country right okay i'm gonna ride through montana Mm -hmm. you know how many uh ducati dealerships i saw between here and and montana
2: i think you the one my shop if you drove past it yeah
0: yours uh saw no honda dealers saw no ktm dealers i think maybe i saw one I drove by like maybe 10 Harley dealers though. So there's that idea, like the, r- the rural area penetration of Harley Davidson dealers right. are there, whereas a lot of brands might just be in the big cities. So there's some value of knowing like, Hey, I'm going to go across the country. I'm always going to be within 30 miles of like a Harley Davidson dealership. You're never that far from one. Right. So I'm going to get taken care of. And we talked about that. That's, a, uh, I think it was last show. We talked about the support chain and, and you know, mm-hmm. how are you going to take care of your customers mm-hmm. post sale? Well, if you've got, like, 600 dealerships nationwide versus, like, I think, what, Ducati's, like, 100? 120, maybe? Yeah. I mean, that's five times as many. That's five times the coverage. You're yeah. five times
2: more protected. Yeah, That's huge. You can always feel like you can do a cross-country trip, and if something goes right, you got somebody there to take care of
0: you. And hopefully, if the common parts bin is big enough, they have the, the part in stock.
2: Oh, yeah. Harley. Maybe. Uh-huh. Harley's so big, even if they don't have it there, somebody else five miles down the road has got it. Right. The next dealership that's ten <laughs> right. miles. It's down like the road. having a Ford essentially. You can find <laughs> the thing at some place. I mean, this was the thing that I used to hope for when the live wire was, you know, being talked about. It's like, wow, there's so many Harley dealerships. If they just put a fast charge in every single one of these things, right. the idea of traveling the country is kind of conceivable.
0: Right. I mean, that that was the beauty of it. I think that was probably the smartest thing Harley Davidson ever thought of with that bike. Right um it's just too bad they didn't make a better motorcycle maybe next time maybe next time we'll see um yeah
2: i i i think that this bike will probably do fairly well because there's plenty of harley people still around that love the brand and then harley's done a great job in the last hundred years of being like the american brand right like yes, Indian's older, but Harley's been around and they've been pushing and pushing and pushing. Granted, I rolled my eyes, and I think a lot of people that are friends with me did as well when we watched the Harley initial marketing video and it was them trying to tell us, oh, we've been doing dirt since the beginning. Yeah, motherfucker, back then all the streets were yeah, dirt. All the roads Everybody were dirt, dirt.
0: <laughs> and you're still a cruiser company. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: neat story, but be that as a maid, they, They're They're like the Disney world of of motorcycling everybody knows the brand you got plenty of people with the bar and shield tattoo somewhere on their body um and so maybe that means that they can transform a handful of their riders to this motorcycle i mean you sort of said this about hmm. um you know other brands hey if you can get two thousand of these sold yeah you've done pretty fucking well and i think harley's big enough and this segment is big enough that if they if they make this bike Ninety percent as good, as say a, a BMW R, twelve fifty GS. That's a that's a good bike. Yeah, sure. That'll do. And like that'll and do. Like, pig. And, that'll like, do. And, and like that little graph that you showed me, it's not that far off from no. the KTM and the Ducati and the and the BMW. It's 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 pretty close. Close enough where the average rider can get on it and go fucking cool. This is a good bike. And and like I joked around earlier, if the average quote-unquote harley rider just the bagger rider gets on one of these things and goes fuck this thing weighs like 300 pounds less than my street glide and it makes roughly twice the power
0: (whistles) no i agree i think those are all things the question i have for you though shaheen is it okay that this doesn't become a conquest bike because i think you know and what i mean by that is you know harley got into the adventure segment or or got it Harley-Davidson built the Pan-America so they could get into the adventure segment so they could get these GS, these uh-huh. KTM, these Ducati, these Triumph riders that weren't Harley-Davidson right. riders. So is it okay if those guys and gals continue with those respective brands and the people that end up buying a Pan-America are just
2: people that already had a
0: Harley-Davidson in their garage and wanted something different this time around?
2: I think I think it's a, a sale of sale. Yeah, sale is a sale at the end of the day, but I think... A lot of times when brands do something like this, it is a little bit of a conquest. I think we put too much onus on that word, thinking that you're really going to conquest that thing. I think when they, in manufacturing, in, in the motorcycle side anyways, when we say conquest uh, model, we're saying, hey, if we can get in like a percentage of those riders, that's going to be cool. Because if you can get like a percentage of Ducati and percentage of BMW and percentage of KTM, that's a lot of sales. Um, so... I think it ha- it, I think by nature, it is a Conquest bike. They are going after that group. The, the, we've, we'll see, I guess, in the near future, what percentage of the buyership of that motorcycle is originally Harley and what percentage is saying, cool, I've always wanted a Harley, but I never wanted a big, fat, lazy bike.
0: Because I think, I think I disagree with you. Uh, I, I, um, okay, I'm curious. Why? Because I think this has to be a Conquest bike. Because Harley-Davidson's problem has always been we just keep selling bikes to baby boomers. Right. So I don't think... like, like I think in the short term, yeah, a sale is a sale. But I think in the long term, it's like, no, you really need to widen the base. And it's almost like a sale to you or I mm-hmm. is probably worth three or four times in long-term value what a sale to a Harley-Davidson owner is worth to the company. Because if we get in on the Harley train now... And then we go, hey, this is a cool bike. And maybe I'll get a Bronx. And maybe then I'll get a Livewire. And then right. I'll maybe get like, I'll, right. You know, I'll, I'll become a, a member of the brand.
2: He, here's it's the like only, a gateway reason, drug. here's the only reason I kind of scratch my head at that is because I'm thinking of the average age of a person who buys an $18,000, $17,000 plus adventure bike. Mm-hmm. Right. We're still talking about, a 40 to 50 something year old male buyer for most parts yeah. on that bike. Yeah, you're not wrong. So the baby boomer is just replaced by the current generation that's in their forties and fifties looking for this comfortable, you know, SUV of a motorcycle. And maybe that person's like, Oh dude, my dad used to have a Harley. I get to finally have a Harley and be like my dad. But like, it's not that big, fat, lazy, uh, cruiser that dad had. so, I think I agree with you in that it has to be a conquest bike because they are they are treading in new waters. I mean, if you ask them, they've always tread in those waters. They created those waters, but um pardon my sarcasm. No, it was a very disingenuous thing to say. Like there's like <laughs> there's like reaches and then there's reaches. They said it so many times during that video, and I was just like, son of a but you know it's funny, I say that, but at the same time, my dad, the 65 year old Mr. Alvandy, was like, That makes a lot of sense. I agree with them. I'm like, what? The fuck! You haven't even ridden a motorcycle in thirty years. Where'd you come from? <laughs> <laughs> but look at their audience, right? There's, you know, if you if you say something with enough uh, ambition, I guess somebody will believe you. There's a <laughs> there's some people I know
0: that's like they say things that are really wrong and misinformed, but they say it with such assuredness that you like believe
2: them until yeah, you you realize, almost like, you're almost like, like, oh, you have wait, to Google you, it to make sure. <laughs> oh, you are full of shit. No, I
0: didn't, no uh, the dogwood is a tree and a flower. <laughs> You said it was just a tree, okay?
2: Oh God, Long Island is <laughs> long, long, long Island. Island.
1: <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I I don't know. I think I think that the you know the the group that's going to buy that bike is still a group that would have you know. You know, it's still in their forties and fifties. They, mm. we, we are, we are getting a little bit fair. less flexible. Our wrists hurt a little bit more. We want to sit upright a little bit more. We want to have a little bit more wind control. But boy, is it fun to say I took it down a curvy road and had a good time with it. And these, a lot of these adventure bikes, especially the ones with a 19 inch and 17 inch rear setup, um, they handle fairly well. They're not sport bikes, but. You throw some non knobbies on there. You don't. You don't do the Shaheen they, and throw hustle. Tr- tractor tire. Yeah, they'll they'll hustle. They'll do the thing. I've I've definitely had some fun with sport bikes on my Multistrada, and it's like, yeah, I know it's an old man bike, but it's fun. Um, so it's it allows you to have the best of both worlds, and I think that's probably why that segment's growing so much. And kudos to Harley for getting something out fairly quickly. Um, and and you know it being a pretty decent. I mean, everything I'm reading so far, even on that article, it's not a bad bike. It's a like it's better no, than I expected, like bike. Better you know? than I expected, which is like a weird compliment. But yeah, it feels backhanded. But I think I think because a lot of us are like, this is gonna be a big heavy fucking pig, isn't it? No,
0: a lot of us were like watching that video, and like, so you've been in dirt all your life, huh? Right. right. Yeah. Cool. Jason Momoa bike, rides right? one.
2: Like, yeah, you got Jason Momoa with his Langlitz leathered, like, riding in the dirt. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, but you know, any bike can be an adventure bike. So this is an adventure bike. You put knobbies on there. It's got the right wheels. It's got the right wheel size combination. It's got seemingly the right amount of ground clearance and seemingly the right rider dynamic, you know, triangle where you can stand up on it and do the thing. Okay. Fuck, dude. Go tr- like, I would rather tour on that than on a street glider or a, or a road glide. And oh, yeah, right. It's lighter. It's more performance. It's, it's, uh, you know, more modern in a lot of ways. And the price of it doesn't suck. That's the thing that really blew me away the, the was price, the price. Well. The price are very
0: well. It's,
2: I would have lost burger bet on that one because I would have personally put it well over twenty thousand dollars all day. See, I look at it almost from a philosophical point of view.
0: I think, uh, especially in American society, and and maybe this is something that that is even more especially true in the motorcycle community and communities like it. But I think there is a culture of uh unwillingness to change your mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So you have to have an opinion. And that opinion is you are married to that opinion for the rest you. of your life.
2: Right. And it's, it defines you. Exactly.
0: Right. And like it's this idea of like, like I love being proven wrong. I love having an opinion thinking X and someone coming like hey let me show you something. This is why your X is wrong. You're like oh cool. Now I think why. And then a little bit later down the line, I'd be like, we did it on the show today. We did it on the show today. Coming into the show, if you'd talk to me about electronic suspension, I'd be like, uh, uh gross. Uh, let me tell you all the reasons I hate the electronic suspension on a super bike, why I only like it on like a, a street naked or on a touring bike and blah, 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 blah. Went out and had this experience with it on the racetrack. Here's a hey. Here's a use case scenario where the electronic suspension makes a ton of sense. And if you're type this type of rider and you want to do X, Y, and Z, this is a better option for you mm-hmm. than the mechanical stuff. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you are if you have no plasticity in your mind, then like, one, I'm very sorry, but like that's what I see in this industry where it's like, and I'll use myself as an example. Uh harley davidson gross don't like Harleys. cruisers cruisers that's a whole another industry practically asphalt and rubber we're sport bikes sport bikes good harley's <laughs> bad <laughs> cornering ability
2: good cornering good cruiser bad <laughs> sturge is bad <laughs> but it's funny i mean bmw but, looked at them they were like hey here's an r18 you write it
0: yeah <laughs> talk about yeah. a brand that, that like <laughs> like am i gonna go buy an r18 no Am I going to talk about it a lot? Yeah. Do I think it's really interesting? Do I think it's really important? Absolutely. Is it amazing to me that I was thinking about just this, just the other day. Is it amazing to me that every time I ride that bike, you have a conversation, someone stops me and has a conversation (laughs) about it. Like there's I'm like, obviously there's something here that I have a little bit of blinders on that I don't get because every fucking time someone talks to me and maybe 50% of the time they're not even motorcyclists. So there's something that the Germans have figured out the so Germans very well.
1: Have, the Germans have figured out the soul of the motorcycle. And that is to connect with the fellow humans.
0: That's a very good Freud. That's a very good Freud. Yeah. Well done, sir. I even looked in the air when I was there. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 but, you know, it's, it's, if you can change someone's mind that was, uh not on your side like that there's a ton of power to that yeah. and it was the same thing i've said i've had this conversation a couple of rants harley davidson's obviously not one of them um i don't know what to tell them but i think there's i think there's an opportunity missed there with with us maybe i'm a little a little bitter about it but i think for me like let's like look bigger remove remove asphalt and rubber and jensen bealers ego from the equation if if that is an institutional thing and mm-hmm. i and i 100 percent believe this like Try not, try not to use the word toxic masculinity, but it's a part of that. But really, it's like toxic motorcycling mentality, minded ability. Like if I had to like pigeonhole a sector of the motorcycle industry to this problem, it would be the Harley Davidson cruiser community, where it's just like you are so insular and you're so in your own little echo chamber and your own your own little world. Like I really do think you're a you're a different industry than the motorcycle industry. You're like your own little thing, and you're just off doing your little jam. It's such an intrinsic part. You talk about corporate culture. That's a corporate culture. They built their entire
2: lifestyle around that.
0: Exactly. Though. They're they're so fixated in like, oh, you're in the Harley Davidson brand. You like Harley Davidson. You're a hog rider. You've got a bar and shield on your body. Mm-hmm. We only like talking to you people. I literally had a cruiser brand PR person say, "I don't want to give you a bike because you don't understand cruisers." And me sitting there going like, but don't you want people who don't, don't you want, want me to understand it? Yeah. Don't you want me to understand? Don't you want a non-cruiser person on your motorcycle? This is a different brand that I'm talking about, by the way. But it's endemic to that situation. Mm-hmm. So it, like for me, like the red flag isn't so much that I or asphalt and rubber isn't at this press launch. It's that your culture hasn't changed yet. So you're trying to act like your culture is X. But your culture is still yeah. like Y. And maybe it's like a little XY. But you haven't made that gap yet. And that's worrisome because that's that's a much harder ship to turn than just say like oh we're gonna build an electric motorcycle okay well obviously we saw that how how that turned out and now it's like oh we're gonna build an adventure bike okay okay you did a pretty good job building the adventure bike but there's so much more you have to do talk to Ducati Ducati built a great adventure bike nobody bought it
2: because they didn't they didn't bother talking about it
0: because they didn't because again because it's that culture where they're yeah. so far up their ass about being sport bike brands being Italian and doing it this way. And they're doing it a very they're doing things in a very European way that doesn't work in America. Yeah. And I think that's Harley's problem to a sense. Like we're gonna do things in a very American way that isn't gonna carry over to other markets. Mm-hmm.
2: So I know agree.
0: your know your bias, I guess.
2: That's one of the toughest part, though. Toughest part is looking at in the mirror and being like, all right, I need to change my mind about how I'm gonna approach this person that I think is negative about me. Sure. Right. If you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll change. Maybe it'll slowly change because you're right. At the end of the day, if you're trying to conquest, you you have to change your approach altogether. I mean, like you said about Ducati, they made the original enduro, and nobody really knew about it. I mean, I remember going to the Tour Tech Rally and people looking at me like, "The fuck is that?" Actually, even before then, I rode my bike from here to Cabo San Lucas, and on the way back, I stopped at a major Ducati dealership in, in California, and I didn't see a single one on their in their floor. Thinking, wow, did you guys sell all these? They're like, no, we don't sell these. We don't keep them here. They don't sell. I was like, what? We sell a ton of them because we talk about them constantly. I think
0: here's here's the kicker, right? This is this is the this is the unifying, unifying theory. I think a lot of motorcycle brands operate on this like field of dreams mentality. <laughs> if you build it, they'll come. <laughs> right. I built I'm Ducati. I built you a 1260 Enduro. Why didn't you buy it? Right. Uh, I'm KTM. I built you a 1290 Super Duke America. Why didn't you buy it? Right. Uh, I'm Harley Davidson. I built you an electric motorcycle. Why didn't you buy it? Because it's not enough just to make 30 the, grand. I'm well, sorry. there's that. But I mean, there's <laughs> not enough just to build the bike. It's not enough just to build the bike really well. Right. Fuck me. Ducati uh Multistrada 1216 Duro. Great bike. Great bike. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, totally underrated. One of the most underrated motorcycles in the I industry. That. I agree. Super Duke. 1290 Super Duke. Fuck me. Oh One of my, my favorite God. bikes. What a bike. Uh, Super Duke GT. I, I would put one in my garage right now if I if I if I had room in my garage. I have no room in my garage. Oh my gosh. Your garage is um, bursting at the scene. You know? It, and 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 these brands and because I've talked to like multiple KTM dealers now about how like they can't sell these 1290 bikes and it blows my mind. Because I talk to Ducati dealers and they're selling Street Fighter V4s and Multistrada V4s like they're fucking cotton candy. Good. And I hear KTM dealers go like nobody just buys big adventure bikes or street fighters in the u.s it's just it's just not something that's done We're like no wrong that's wrong yeah talk to aprilia talk to Ducati. <laughs> they absolutely For sell first. these bikes in spades the problem is no one wants your bike because your brand hasn't figured out that it's not just enough to fucking make the bike you got to sell me on it too you got to show me the lifestyle you got to put it in front of me you got to do all All this other work that goes beyond just some engineers in a laboratory and some guys in a factory building it, building a good machine and
2: designing a good machine. You got to do the legwork. I mean, we saw the 790 sell out so quickly. The, the adventure R model sell out really quickly. But like, there's a ton of like every time I get on YouTube and I look at motorcycle stuff, it was like 790R, 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 790R. Never anything in 1290. And, and, it, you got to influence people to buy your thing. You got to talk about it. You got to show them a good time. You got to you got to build that. Like you said, you, you got to build that field of dreams. Where you got to talk about it. You got to make it exciting. You got to make it approachable. And you got to. It's not enough to build the field of
0: dreams. You got to put it on a billboard. Right. You got to get the TV rights. Yeah. You got to get some trading cards. You got to get some kids down there and get them and excited. Sell some hot dogs.
1: You, you got to start the little league. league.
0: Yeah, you got to start the little league thing two towns over. So there's a whole pool yeah. of people that like playing the game. You know, it's 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 community building it's outreach it's marketing and that's that's the secret sauce Uh, and je ne sais quoi yeah and it's like it's just so fucking tragic watching some of these brands that don't do it and I don't know like time's gonna tell on Harley Davidson like I know they're doing cool things with rawhide in terms of the Pan America, I know they're doing some other
2: stuff. Like I wonder if they'll show up to the Touratech rallies with those things because they, they should have to. They should. They have to. Because the fact that Ducati wasn't there when I went there broke my heart to the point where I am going as Motocorsa and bringing bikes with me. Like, fuck you guys, I'm showing up with this thing. Right? This is a cool thing.
0: That's the thing. Like, like for, for me with the one that really kills me is watching Ducati because I know the product is good and there's so and this is just the right market for it. And there's so many good events for this segment. Mm-hmm. I can kind of get like, yeah, it's kinda hard to sell a super duke. Like, where are you gonna go? angels crest you know like there's like i mean I, I don't there's no like perfect uh venue where like a bunch of street fighter riders are going to show up to right right but the adventure community is great for that they fucking they, they hold them all over the fucking country
2: every fucking month especially in america we have so much open land where you can go and fuck off and do things
0: like like yeah like a marketing person should the the, the burden of that marketing person is figuring out which events are going to go to and which events they're not mm-hmm. to, to promote that bike and it's all like, of them and, and we don't go to any of them we're just like what are you doing
2: yeah what would you say you do here just make the movie chips, make the movie chips round two, oh my God. and they ride multistradas this time. Yeah. Well,
0: we'll see. Um, I think or Harley biker boys,
2: <gasps> biker boys, but they're all older and they all ride Harley dirt bags or whatever dirt bikes. Fifty years later, fuck yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and then the bad guy rides like a Triumph Rocket Three, but it's got a real rocket on it. Yeah. You know what is? I just realized
0: the the Bagger series. You know why it pisses me off so much? Why? Why does it grind your gears? It's because of that same thing. It's that same cultural shtick where like, like we're <laughs> so far up our own ass, <laughs> right? About like cruisers and like performance cruisers. It's like, yeah, why would we build a performance bike? We'll just put brakes on a cruiser and slicks and call it good because that's America and that's our her, that's our brand and that's how we do it. And you're like, God, you guys really just don't get it, do you? You guys really just can't see beyond your own bullshit sometimes. I
2: mean, you can't just have Formula One, Jensen. You got to have NASCAR every so often. That's fair.
0: Are you telling me Baggers is NASCAR?
2: Basically. To, to MotoGP. That might be fair. Right? I've been thinking about that a lot. And it's actually been making me laugh. And it's making me like that series even more. Because it's so silly.
1: And <laughs> it's so cool.
2: You know, Plus, Corey Westride's in there. Golly, golly Corey.
0: Um, devoted. Brap talk listener
2: I, i'm a big fan of him he's all right he's all right he's medium okay in my book when you start following me on facebook i'm like cory west
1: follows me on facebook
2: I'm, i like i like fangirling a little bit
0: um i hope the racing's good I, I if the racing's close and the racing is tight it'll be awesome right my worry is like the first race was only interesting because it was the first race i would not watch seven races that were like that
2: i would i want to collect their cards. Corey's going to no, sign mine, probably. No, you don't.
0: No, you don't. Not even, no.
2: <laughs> You're crazy. You're talking crazy. Listen, now that I've called it the NASCAR of motorcycles, I feel like it's more interesting to me. Do
0: you think Corey West would let to ride his bagger, though? Let's put that together.
2: I want Corey West to give me a ride around the track on the bagger. No, no, you do not. And I've like, never, I've never. And I'll like, just... and like back it into every corner. You're gonna hate that experience. I wanna I wanna puke a little.
0: Mo- the top three worst experiences I've had in this industry <laughs> was getting, getting on rag. the back of motorcycles with professional racers <laughs> at the helm. It is not there's there's I think, something I think about you're a little that. bit of a control freak. I think that just one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I do not like being out of control
2: of that. Corey, fuck this guy. Give me a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I will gladly watch from the sidelines. I will take those pictures. And just you standing in the all side. all you. Yeah, just taking pictures and standing with your arms crossed, shaking like, your head like, fuck nope, these guys. They're absolutely nope, idiots. Nope, Not happening.
0: Nope. nope. <laughs> Enjoy that. I'll be
2: over here drinking Mountain Dews and having burgers. Oh, man. I am so looking forward to that day. I hope it happens. All right, let's go out of the show. I'm done let's talking. Let's get out of the show, man. I'm hungry. I got to go Like race prep stuff. Oh, yeah. You got a rainy... Race weekend ahead of you. Omra, first uh, like, is this, first this is this the first race, first round. Yeah. Brappy little sister's been been stressing, but she's talking shit anyways. She weighed herself <laughs> in, Standard. she's lost weight somehow. Standard. I've been trying to feed her like donuts and stuff. She's like, get away from me, man. No, there is I left ice cream and like chocolate she things. Told me- because today I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go get some milkshakes. She wants some. She's like, "Is is Jensen paying you at this point?" I'm like,
1: <laughs> "Maybe.
2: Maybe. <laughs> Would you pay me not to?" Right.
0: My-
2: <laughs> um, Do you have a counter offer? <laughs> right. So I'm gonna try and show up tomorrow, say hi to everyone, and then Saturday I'll also come by and say hello in the rain. I just I want to I need the spirit to move me a little. I I miss being at the track and hearing the noise. So good luck to y'all that are racing at Omra. I'm excited for it. I think
0: AFM is racing this weekend as well. Nice, uh, Mr. mr Thirst Trap himself. Troy C. Will Troy be on his Kramer, and
2: Thirst Trap Central. Yeah, uh, yep, down at uh Buttonwell. So, uh, I don't even like pretzels, and I want some of that. shit do they, do they look, I got some in my closet. What or, the fuck man, how long were you telling me? Delicious, Jesus Dots Christ. Pretzels. Get Did on you know, it. that's I'm gonna tell Ann you never shared her. That's her favorite snack.
0: Pretzels. They're great,
2: she loves you. Got to figure
0: out a way to get them sponsoring the show
2: because <gasps> they're great.
0: Kramer Joe's got a
2: connection. What, yeah. let's do it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, and we'd be so happy. And they could just pay us some pretzels. I'll just take those home. She'll be so happy. I'm trying We're
0: to lose weight. <laughs> I don't need those carbs. I'll take the money. You take the pretzels. How about that? Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, sir. All right, uh, oh, 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 oh. Before ooh, we ooh. go, before we go, we had an hey, had an A&R Pro sign up who wanted to go anonymous. Okay. But had a request. What's the request? They want you to do like the intro thing,
2: but for me. And they want to hear the, you know, Bueller. Wait, so am I doing that in the next show? No, you're not. Because uh, it's not the intro anymore. It's the outro. Okay. Next show, you're doing the intro. Next show, I'll do the intro. Yeah. jensen Beeler. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. More. <laughs> nice. 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 That's impressive. That was pretty good. I think, well, if you didn't now do you still have to do it for the next show? I'll still, Well, oh, man, the yeah. listeners are yeah, going to be able do like, don't do this. Yeah, we we're doing that. I'm yeah, doing it again. What's happening? <laughs> that's happening um thank you for those that did sign up for anr pro i appreciate it
2: oh uh, we've got some good stories coming down the pipe so excited for the season it's gonna be busy your eyes out i was thinking that i'm not gonna have a single weekend off this spring and summer oh, but i'm God, okay so with it busy. it's gonna be insane i can't wait to sleep on i need a vacation after this my mom mm-hmm. moved to turkey recently i'm probably just gonna to go to turkey for a week after all the season's over like the country yeah like istanbul Istanbul. Constantinople Constantinople Istanbul. Istanbul. Yeah, right there in the Bosphorus. And Istanbul is crazy. That's probably my second favorite city in the world.
0: Most crazy place to,
2: to drive I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's like Rome, but crazier. No,
0: Rome, not even. <laughs> no European city comes even close even a little to little.
2: Istanbul. Yeah craziness
0: i'll enjoy that oh, okay um where, where can people follow us and do things well and on the instagram
2: us? at rap talk we're doing B-R-A-P
0: this place again?
1: <laughs> <talk>. <laughs> on the you, on the twitters you follow us at @webraptalk. talk on the facebook you just look up rap talk motorcycle podcast go german Und then you send us the emails at at talk at gmail.com you have to send them through the internet. You will get on the internet. You will sign on your AOL account. And then you will look up the Brab Talk. Schnell. Schnell. Not schnell
0: like the hammer, but schnell like schnell. the
1: fast. And <laughs> <laughs> on that note, safety third. And goodbye. <laughs> Good talk. See you out there. <laughs> oh, boy.
2: Have you ever heard Christian Hansen's story of Two Guns Gonzales? Uh-uh. Are you shitting me?
1: I
0: don't think so.
2: You ask him, hey, have you ever met Two Guns Gonzales? And he tells your whole story. And it starts out like this.
1: There I was, riding my horse, minding my own business. And the guy jumps out from around the bushes with his guns drawn. He says, get off the horse. So I get off the horse. He's like, what could I do? He had two guns. So I get off the horse. said now take off your pants what could I do you had two guns so I take off my pants Said now take a shit right there what could I do you had two guns so I took a shit I was scared said now eat that shit what could I do you had two guns so I ate my shit so then he gets on my horse and he goes to ride away little did he know that if I whistled a certain way, the horse would buck. So as soon as he did that, I whistled and the horse bucked, and he lost these guns. So I grabbed these guns and I said, "Now you get off the horse." What could he do? I had two guns, so he was scared, so he got off the horse. I said, "Take off your pants." What could he do? He was scared. I had two guns, so he took off his pants. So you take a shit. What could he do? I had two guns, so he took a shit. I said, "Now eat your shit." What could he do? I had two guns, so I ate these shits. So you ask me, have I ever met two guns, Gonzalez? I tell you, we had lunch together. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories that he's ever told. <laughs>
2: All right, let's do this. Got to hope record that whole thing. I did. <laughs> <laughs> <Your intro. laughs>